0: Another conversation from Loretta's front page. Conversations that need to be had and heard. Earlier this hour when I began the show, I shared the statistic that the daily uh, diagnosis delay for endometriosis in Australia is 6.4 years to help us to understand why this is and what we can all do to shift this alarming stat, we're going to be joined now by Kat Stanley, the Director of EndoHelp Foundation. Good morning, Kat. Good morning. How are you? I'm very, very well. Kat, can we just go back a little bit? We, we want to talk about this um, this late diagnosis, this, this problem that people are having, um, even you know getting support and help and treatment for the endo, endometriosis, but can you tell us What is endometriosis? We hear the word. I think if you've got a uterus, you have heard it. You you have an understanding. But can you tell us a bit more about it? Yeah, sure. It's a chronic
1: condition where tissue similar to the lining of your uterus is found in places around your body. Um, And so the areas of endometriosis are called lesions and they can lead to pain and scarring and they can sometimes also lead to infertility. Um, the lesions are found in the pelvis, around your ovaries, uterus, bladder, sometimes on your bowel, and in rare cases can also be found in other parts of the body, um, such as your lungs and diaphragm.
0: And, and so, I mean, when you explain it and unpack it like that, it's, it's, it's pretty um, astounding that, one, that our body can do this, that the, the, the cells that are supposed to be sitting in our uterus and, and uh, do start to migrate to other parts of the body. How many women are affected by endometriosis in Australia? Do we have any stats on that?
1: Yes, it's one in nine, which actually makes it as common as asthma or diabetes, but it hasn't received the same sort of recognition or research funding to date. Why do you think that is? It's pretty... I think we're still coming to terms with being open and talking about menstruation and talking about issues of the pelvis. Um, Yeah. Also, the word hysterectomy actually comes from... Hyster is a word meaning remove the for removing your Mm womb, The way we used to treat hysterical women in the early 1900s is to give them a hysterectomy. So Mm -hmm. it's still a very dark past involving hysteria, um, being involved in any kind of pelvic pain, and we're still kind of shedding that You know, some medical doctors still treat women like they're being hysterical if they say that they've got pelvic pain.
0: And is that part of the issue, when we look at this stat, that, you know, the average delay diagnosis, so people aren't being, they're not presenting and people aren't getting a diagnosis um, simply and quickly, is that because that potentially their pain or their um, symptoms are being, I don't know, dismissed um, and not being taken seriously?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. There's certainly um, most women have seen you know ten plus doctors before they get a
0: diagnosis. That's hang on, mm. hang on. How is that? <laughs> how, you know, and, and so things that come to my mind is by the time you get to the fifth or sixth, aren't you just like, well, maybe this is my lot in life. Maybe this is how it needs to. Like, like kudos for them to push on to ten doctors.
1: Yeah, I think that is actually what happens is a lot of people talk about going through phases and thinking, well, this is just my lot in life. Maybe there's something wrong with me. Maybe I'm making up the pain. But then the pain is so severe that I think it kind of restarts the cycle of actually, no, I do need some help. This isn't okay. Yeah. I can't get to work. I can't live my life.
0: Yeah, that's right. And so, can you just give us a bit of an understanding? How does the pain that's associated with endometriosis, how does it differ from a painful period?
1: It can actually be really hard to differentiate, particularly in um, teenagers and young women who can get really severe period pain but not have endo. Right.
0: Um,
1: so what we would say is, if period pain is interfering with your life, you need to go and see a doctor because there are other pelvic pain conditions as well. And there's a lot that can be done for lots of pelvic pain conditions. Um, endo just it just continues where you know lots of young people might have really painful periods, and then they might grow out of it. So mm-hmm. we'll just continue. It usually starts cyclically. So every time you get your period, then it, starts to, then it starts to grow from there and people end up with daily pain. It becomes a chronic pain condition. Um, but, yeah, the, the reason that you need to go and find a doctor that will hear what you've got to say is to find out whether it is just painful periods, which there is a lot that you can do about it, or whether there is endo without growing um, tissue. Um, and there's so much that can be done, not just surgically, but physio and diet. There's a lot that can be done to improve your quality of life
0: so if you're if you're having symptoms um, yes. and if you've got some signs and symptoms and and it could be endo, it might be um, another pelvic issue. the The advice is to go and have the conversation.
1: Yes, definitely.
0: And so when we walk into the doctor's rooms, these, these aren't the questions I was going to ask you at all, Kat, but I'm, I'm now intrigued and want to go down this path. When we go into uh, the doctor's rooms and we're having our appointment, what, are, what sort of things are we sharing so that we can get the point across um, that this is a, a serious and an impactful thing for our lives?
1: Yeah, I think it's worth sharing um, the level of pain and what that might look like, so not just, I mean, we have descriptors of pain, but that can be hard mm. to kind of really, it's hard to explain pain is what I'm trying to say. But, you know, are you able to go to work? Are you able to leave the house? How heavy is your bleeding? Which can be um, measured through how often you need to change a pad, whether you're needing to get up in at night, is it painful to have sex? All of those very hard conversations are the conversations um, that we encourage. But also, I would be encouraging to ask questions of the doctor themselves. What experience do they have? Do they have... A multidisciplinary team. What do they know about pelvic pain? Just to ensure that you know that you're going to the right doctor.
0: Yeah, and that can be half half the battle as well. So, cat you, um, as I said before, you're the director of um, Endo Help Foundation. Can you tell us a little bit about the foundation and what you're hoping to achieve?
1: Sure. We are a grassroots foundation. We're based in Geelong.
0: Yay. Um,
1: yeah, <laughs> city in Australia. That's right. Um, and we are trying to spread awareness. And education about endometriosis and pelvic pain uh, so people can live their best lives and these conditions stops derailing women's lives. So as part of that, we're hoping that the spreading awareness and um, increasing education will reduce diagnosis delay. But also we're advocating for better care and more multidisciplinary care options. Um, so one of the things that we've got on is our Walk the World for Endo. It's Health. a virtual walk that runs across all of October. Um, So you sign up on our website or you can Google Walk the World for Endo and register there. You get to decide how many Ks you want to do across the month. You get to decide how and where you want to fundraise. It's all really flexible and that's really intentional because some people with endo can't walk very far. There's a couple of people that have just had a hysterectomy and will be kind of graphing their recovery for this month and spreading awareness that way. Um, You can do it in a team or you can do it on your own. And this Sunday we've got our first in-person walk it's a little 3.8 K walk around the Botanical Garden so people can meet in person there'll be patients and practitioners it's a great way to build community and help people feel less isolated
0: yeah that's fantastic and I think the the other thing that um, you were saying before there's you know there's diet and lifestyle that can also you know be helpful for um, people who have endo and light walking I'm thinking is going to be something else that is supportive to this sort of you know wellness
1: yes. So believe it or not, it's taken me 18 months to come up with this idea, which is because I was trying to create an event that was accessible for everyone. Yep. And you do really need to be careful about how you exercise when you have chronic pain, so you don't flare up. Uh, you know, a big pain flare. So light and gentle walking is really, it's really gentle on the body, and it's really good for your body and your mind. So it, you know, it helps people feel better in themselves. Gives them something positive to look forward to each day. And I think when you've got chronic pain, your instinct is to just kind of stop and fix yes. it. But when it's chronic, you actually do need to keep moving. So just gentle movement is really good.
0: And, and I think knowing that other people are doing it with you in the month of October is really um, motivating. So can, people can jump onto your website and we'll give them the address in a moment and they can register to be part of Walk the World for Endo um, so that they can um, be adding their kilometres so that you're going to reach. Now, how many kilometres are you hoping to um, to reach this year?
1: Forty two I think it's 40,000, 40, sorry, is how many kilometers it takes to walk around the world. So that's what we're aiming for.
0: Love it. 40,000. Fantastic. And and you're also asking people to help raise funds so that you can be um, using these funds for, for more awareness and, and more research. Is that right?
1: Yeah. Actually, all our money goes into research from this event. So we are funding two. Deacon is doing some research on two projects. One is looking at the cost of for people that have endometriosis so we can then go to government and talk about it. And so we know that it costs the economy $9.4 billion and the individuals $30,000 a year, but we want some more nitty-gritty detail about So at what point are they going over the Medicare threshold, mm. what point are they only paying for appointments and they can't go out for dinner, what is it actually looking like for people, so then we can go to government and say, this is what it's costing and this is what it's looking like, could you please invest in in helping people with endo live better lives and invest in more research.
0: And they're talking about, you know, that the um, the biggest boost to our economy is to get more women back working. Well, hey, how about you help us um, feel well so we can do that as well?
1: Exactly right.
0: Love it. Where can people go to get more information, Kat?
1: endohelp.com.au
0: That's pretty, that's pretty easy, endohelp.com.au. And if you want to be part of the uh, walk this weekend on Sunday the 2nd, mm. what time are you meeting um, at Botanical Gardens?
1: We're at uh, it's at ten thirty at Eastern Park, which is about I think two hundred metres north of the Botanical Gardens. There's a big rotunda. You'll see us. will have balloons. There's a musician and a coffee truck, and everybody's welcome. You don't have to sign up. It's a free event. Just show up. We'd love to see you.
0: That's fantastic, Kat. Thank you so much for taking some time, and I do want to get you in. We're going to have a a longer conversation uh, about this, which is so important. So thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thanks for your time.
0: My pleasure.